0: You stupid bitch, yeah, you're a stupid bitch, you stupid bitch. Well, welcome to this week's episode of Stupid Bitches Say What, the Aussie podcast about everything and nothing but always with wine and your hosts, Scarley Collett and Sean Hipkins.
1: John this week, we go back in time to satisfy your bloodlust and delve into the origins of supernatural beings. Plus, listen in while I bite into the history of those blood-sucking fiends that make gays and gals swoon. Vampires! While Sean tears into the history of those rugged beings who look like...
0: Who long like. walks in the like. moonlight. They don't look like.
1: <laughs> Rocket beings who like long walks in the moonlight and eating livestock and whatever takes their fancy, really. Werewolves. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: That was more a ghost sound than a werewolf sound. It was more spooky. What are you
1: drinking, Sean? But can we do me first? Do me first because I want to take a sip of my drink
0: for effect. No, that just just goes against all the principles of our recording schedules. So you inspired me last week when you said, how can you drink red in this weather? And I hadn't chilled it either. So this week I'm going with a nice chilled rosé. It's not from Naked Wines. It's just one that came from the bottle that Vinny bought that he didn't like and he only had a sip out of it. So I'm finishing it off for him. <laughs> it is Turkey. The f- best I know. Turkey Flat Vineyards from the Barossa, Ooh.
1: Ooh.
0: established in 1847. And it's a 2022 vintage.
1: Turkey Flat, you say?
0: Turkey Flats. Now That's I'm using a different one. glass too because I found this when we were unpacking some stuff. And this is actually a birthday present Maria got me from my 18th. And it came in a set. And the other one broke in the dishwasher years ago. Like I mean fucking about 20 years ago. And the fact this one still survives is a bit of a miracle. And I thought, what a nice glass to have a breath say in place. Has it got an S on it
1: somewhere? Is that an S S there I can see?
0: Question marks.
1: Oh that's a bit I used cute. to
0: I used to love um, the Riddler and question marks. Oh, for sure. some reason
1: <laughs> something i
0: didn't know about you <laughs> that's the beauty of this podcast really <laughs> and i don't know what vinnie's problem is it tastes delicious
1: does it, does it, does now it.
0: sky i know you've been tonguing for a drink so please
1: oh, do divulge.
0: But... what the fuck are you drinking
1: The reason I haven't had a sip yet is because I wanted to do it on the recording because I came across this little sweet number and I'm not even going to be able to pronounce it. So it's a naked. So, um, but it's a 2022 Gewürztraminer.
0: Oh, sounds German.
1: I think it is, but it's made in Western Australia, but it's G E W U. With the little dots on the top, R T R Z T R A M I N E R. So
0: I think you pronounced it perfectly.
1: Tremina <laughs> the end, but it's Gertz Tremina. So it smelt a little <sighs> when I poured it. So let's see what a Gertz Tremina tastes like, shall we? Please do. Ooh, shivers.
0: Oh, we like those ones. <laughs> well, I like watching you drink those ones. Oh, facial expressions for the people at home are disgusted and we're now in a very deep contemplative mood. <laughs>
1: play by play, that was incredibly accurate. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Shall oh, I have another sip?
0: I think you must. Oh, a little shiver. Oshma. Ushma. Ushma. It
1: sort of tastes like a really bitter, watered down apple juice.
0: Oh. Is it off wine?
1: <laughs> well, it's no, it's a Gewürztraminer.
0: Show me the label.
1: It's got this really pretty little like, oh, it's forest. It's like a forest. It's like a, a Da
0: Vinci, sun. isn't it? It's
1: a little sun and that's like a little bushwalk. It looks like it's like an Australian path. It's obviously somewhere in WA. It's obviously along Franklin River in WA. <laughs>
0: From the Gershwitz <laughs> the family.
1: Look, I don't hate it. It's unusual. It's different. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Okay. So how's your week been, Sean Benner-Hipkins?
0: The week's been good. There was a couple of things I wanted to talk about. I've forgotten one. Do have
1: them. a couple of things?
0: First one is, um, so Vinnie and I are now officially in cryptocurrency. We've invested Ooh, some do money. Do tell,
1: do tell.
0: I wanted to get um, this one called Ethereum, I think it is, and I've been looking at it for the last six months, watching its ups and downs. I know
1: nothing about it, by the way. Nothing. It's basically,
0: well, the way I see it, it's like stock. And I've been looking at it and it was going up for one and de- um, for the cost of one now at the moment it's like about $2,300 for one Ethereum. Um, but when I was looking at it first, considering it, it was 1800 bucks, and I was like, Oh, but then it started going up. I thought I'll wait till it comes down again and look at buying one. And um, we were in Ireland at the time, and Vinny's like, Let's wait till we get home, which was sound advice, see how much money we had. Went to do it, and it'd gone back up to over two grand. So we oh. missed out on a 400 price hike. Mm, mm. Um, so instead, I invested. into this other piece of cryptocurrency called Solana and it's now worth at the moment $90.51
1: and you paid $50 for it
0: $100 so we bought three we bought three
1: (laughs) (laughs) so you've lost about nine buckaroos
0: we've lost about $3 a share at this stage it had gone up to $111 (laughs) but you know We'll just keep it there and see what it does. You never know.
1: So I did tell you about two of my cousins, I won't say their names on the pod, but how they made quite a lot of money through crypto. A
0: lot. Yeah, a lot. So they invested when it was low, obviously, and what's a lot, tens of thousands or? Hundreds. Wow.
1: You know them well. Wow. Um, I don't believe in get rich quick schemes. So I'm too much of a prude to invest my money in things (laughs) where I think, no, nobody just gets rich that easily, right?
0: And then surprise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess. I guess. So what else has been going on?
0: I can't think of what the other thing was that I was going to talk about. I was kind of laying down and having a little 30 minute siestery before the podcast and I thought oh I'll talk about that and I've forgotten so you go on with yours and if I remember I'll bring it up.
1: Well fuck I had two things too and I've forgotten one of them and I think that was the more interesting of the two. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. So um, I guess I'll go with my boring thing and that is that last night so you know I get really bad hay fever right I've always got a runny nose I'm always blowing my nose I take antihistamines most days and it doesn't really do much and when I was quite young, I saw a whole bunch of specialists and they said, You're just gonna have to live with it. It is what it is. You're just allergic to shit. And this sometimes is your I, life. yeah, sometimes I break out in hives. And it, you know, it just doesn't bother me as much anymore, right? I just am used to taking any histamine. Generally the hives go away. Yeah. But um with the back and forth thing in the temperature and I think the change of climate for us, from even though it's been over a year now since we moved from New South Wales, um, in the middle of the night last night, I woke up and my eyes were a bit itchy before I went to bed and I didn't really think much of it. Um, but I woke up at about midnight and I went to bed about 8.30 because I was absolutely stuffed. Yeah. And I woke up and my eyes just felt like little slits in my face, like they'd just ballooned mm. up. So I went into the bathroom and sure enough, there were these tiny little slits in my face. <laughs> oh
0: my God.
1: And I was swollen all around my eyes. And this used to happen to me when I lived in Queensland before. Not very often, but there's just must be some sort of pollen in the yeah. air that comes at certain times of year that just gets me. Anyway, so we didn't have any ice. Um, so I took an out history put some eye drops in, got a, a face washer, put it over my face thinking the whole time, this is like my sixth week at my new job. And I can't <laughs> fucking pull in sick on a Friday, but I also can't go in with balloon eyes. Yeah. So um, I hoped that that would do it. But sure enough, I woke up this morning, my eyes were no longer slits, but they were maybe double the size slit. So you can probably even still see now they're a bit oh, okay.
0: yeah, yeah, I can't can. tell if
1: you can tell. And you probably can't tell from my glasses, but underneath the back, they've gotten better throughout the day.
0: Yeah, but they had puffed up. Um, How yeah, interesting. And there wasn't so anything you... Bad ate or anything? No.
1: No. And it's happened to me a bunch of times. I think so. it's just my hay fever but I had to go into work and say to people
0: <laughs> no
1: I'm not really stoned <laughs> um, It's this just my allergies This is how I look because my boss was like geez you look fucking tired I'm like yeah. it's an allergic reaction please.
0: <laughs> well at least you have a good excuse if you do get really drunk one week I- night and <laughs> have to go in hug up. my allergies are playing up Yeah I know
1: and I was just like but like I a couple of weeks ago it was after um we had a big weekend it wasn't the it was oh it was after we had Kylie's birthday and I was oh, telling yeah. him how the rager that we were we were just gonna you know go for a couple of drinks and it turned into an all-night rager and I said I didn't get home till five in the five. morning <laughs> and he said to me on Monday because I came and I looked a bit tired and he was like oh my god you're still hungover, aren't you like with complete disgust I was like "I'm not."
0: And don't judge me.
1: (laughs) Monday
0: after the Friday. Like, I'm not still
1: hungover. I'm just tired. I I said to him I said some allergies allergies." that was before it got this bad but it was literally like every time I walked into the the bathroom to go to the toilet and and look at myself in the mirror I was like
0: "Ooh, (laughs) shit ow (laughs) (laughs) you have to double take like who the fuck's that and I I did
1: two interviews today for new staff so I was like "Ah!" (laughs)
0: just FYI
1: they probably thought, geez, that chick needs some work on
0: her eyes. <laughs> well, that's the next treatment I'm gonna get is this um stuff that takes off, you know, all the busted capillaries on your face, on my face, mm. around my nose and that. Yeah. Can't wait. It's part of my birthday present from Vinny. And
1: so what sort of surgery does that entail?
0: It's not surgery. I think it's just um UV lighting or something like that. Mm. They do. Laser. Oh. Yeah sure sure okay. of i've got to look younger than you at some point in my life <laughs> and i feel that time is coming <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I had, a, I had a meeting this week with one of the young girls and we were talking about how, how old i was and she was just absolutely god and whenever they give me they tell me that they god's that i'm in my 40s i always say well if you talk to my best friend, she'll t- he'll tell you that I fucking don't look younger than, than I'm in my 40s and that it's all bullshit and you guys are all just sucking up my ass. She's like, no, I'm not, I promise, I promise. I was like no, nah.
0: and so how just can to I believe
1: it... you when Sean says a completely different thing every just, time?
0: And just to be clear, these are your subordinates, right?
1: Mm-hmm. that reported oh. to you. Yeah. Sean. Sure. <laughs> not all of them can be lying, right? <laughs>
0: I gave them the heads up I'm like you want a promotion you want a pay rise just tell the bitch this
1: (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so where did we get to last week I can't remember who goes first this week we did pop culture last week
0: yes and that was me who went first with the hatchet wielding hitchhiker plus
1: oh that's right because I did the crow didn't I okay so let's let's get to it shall we please do so, oh God, every time I jump on here, all my messengers come up. They just auto pop up.
0: Um, um, interesting.
1: Okay. So, this evening,
0: I'm
1: telling you a little bit of a ditty about the origins of vampires. Plus,
0: want to suck your blood.
1: Yes, yes. So, a vampire is a mythical creature that subsists by feeding on the vital essence generally in the form of blood, of the living.
0: Subsists.
1: What? Subsists. So it, like, lives.
0: Uh, oh. so it's like exists, but exists yeah. because yeah. of somebody else or it something. It
1: exists because it, it, it's, like, sub-
0: yeah, existing. I exist because I, I of you. Think... It sounds right to me.
1: Obviously, this isn't a word that I have used. <laughs> oh look.
0: I knew I should... this was straight off Wikipedia. I should have double
1: checked that. I should have just changed it ah, over.
0: Do you know what it means? What? To maintain or support oneself, especially at a minimal level. <laughs>
1: sure. Well, I guess that's what
0: they do, don't they? Sounds it? legit though. And oh. it sounds um the word when something relatable
1: (laughs) so I did actually research um vampires for dummies as well plugged that old chestnut into the internet to see what it can there's actually a book called vampires for dummies so I couldn't really cut and paste that bad boy because if I did that um I might get in trouble for plagiarizing plagiarizing. because (laughs) (laughs) it's from an actual work of, of you know fiction or whatever So in European folklore, vampires are undead creatures that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in the neighbourhoods they inhabited while they were alive. They wore shrouds and were often described as bloated and of ruddy or dark appearance, Mm. markedly different from today's gaunt pale vampire, which dates from the early 19th century. Vampiric entities have been recorded in cultures around the world. The term vampire was popularised in Western Europe after reports of an 18th century mass hysteria of pre-existing folk belief in Southeastern and Eastern Europe that in some cases resulted in corpse being staked and people being accused of vampirism.
0: Oh, wow. God, it's like an old witch hunt.
1: I know, right? Um, I'm just going to move you over here because I need a little scroll. In modern times, the vampire is generally held to be a fictitious entity. Early folk belief in vampires has sometimes been ascribed to the ignorance of the body's process of decomposition after death and how people in pre-industrial societies tried to rationalise this, creating the figure of the vampire to explain the mysteries of death.
0: Did you say folk? Yeah. Folk?
1: Like folklore. Ah. Like folk belief, yeah. Right. Right. Um, but it's kind of funny. Like when I was when I was reading that, I was like, I can see that. Do you know what I mean? Like decomposition. If you think of like the the shrunken sort of
0: um, look, yeah.
1: yeah, and and how they're portrayed in some films and things like that, you could see how like decomposition could also give that effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the charismatic and sophisticated vampire of modern fiction was born in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire by an English writer, John Polidori. The, the story was highly successful and arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century. Wow. Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula is remembered as the, I guess, more popular vampire novel yeah. and provided the basis of the modern vampire legend
0: how we know them out of today.
1: That's right. The success of the book spawned a distinctive vampire genre, still popular in the 21st century with books, film, television shows and video games. Plus, mm. The vampire has since become a dominant figure in the horror genre.
0: It's funny when you think about how vampires looked in the movies back in the day, like this sort of old hag sort of thing, like in the corner and the shadows, and the makeup is terrible. And then you think of the vampires of today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Edward know, Cullen. right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Believe it or not, Edward Cullen makes an appearance later in my research. Post- Stop. So, modern beliefs in modern fiction, the vampire tends to be depicted as a suave, charismatic villain. Yes. Vampire hunting societies still exist, but they are largely formed for social reasons. But for the vampire slayer,
0: do you Alan- mean like there's actually legit vampire hunting groups, but they just sort of come together like a stonemason's type thing? Or-
1: yeah. I so I think it maybe it's more as well like to in like a sort of um reverence to them type as well. Way, yeah. yeah, I know about cosplay because that would be cool as shit. I would totally do that if that was <laughs> that went on. But Australia doesn't really have a really cool, you know, like cosplay sort of thing. We have like the conventions, but not like yeah. you know where you go to those things and they
0: actually larping. And yeah, so. like like
1: fight stuff out and reenact yeah. and things like that. Like that would
0: be so cool. Medieval fairs.
1: Um, so allegations of vampire attacks swept through Malawi during late 2002 and two, early 2003, with mobs stoning one person to death and attacking at least four others, Jesus. based on the belief that the government was colluding with vampires. <laughs> uh, fear and violence reoccurred in late 2017, with six people accused of being vampires killed. Jesus. I know. So that's just unreasonable. Just take them times. out into
0: the sunlight. If they don't explode, then I you're know. good.
1: In early 1970, local press spread rumours that a vampire haunted Highgate Cemetery in London about a vampire. A Haunted wanted Highgate Cemetery in London. <laughs> um, amateur vampire hunters hopped in large numbers to the cemetery. Imagine being an amateur vampire hunter.
0: <laughs> hey, guys. It's my first time. <laughs> I'm just going to stay back and watch.
1: I got my steak.
0: Yeah. I got
1: my craft.
0: I got Let's my garlic that clothes. <laughs>
1: um, sem- several books have been written about the case. Um, and a local man who was among the first to suggest the existence of the Highgate vampire vampire my health health. highgate vampire and who later claimed to have exercised and destroyed a whole nest of vampires in the area um in europe where much of the vampire folklore originates the vampire is usually considered a fictitious being many communities may have embraced the revenant for economic purposes in some cases especially in small localities Beliefs are still rampant and sightings or claims of vampire attacks occur frequently.
0: <laughs> of course, they do.
1: In Romania, during February, February 2004, February. <clears throat> several relatives of a gentleman named Thomas Petrie feared that he had become a vampire.
0: They in dug up. 2004, did you say?
1: Yes, in Romania. Oh. They dug up his corpse, tore out his heart, burned it and mixed the ashes with water in order to drink it. Oh. Seems a little bizarre, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, that they and, like, why are they drinking it? Obviously, I they want to try thought, and get the powers.
1: Yeah, or they, wanted, they thought maybe they'd stay young forever or something random yeah. like that. Um, now, Bino, can you list for me the ways that one might protect themselves from oh, a vampire? For
0: protection, yes. So garlic. Yes. The Holy Cross. Yes. Holy Water.
1: Yes.
0: Don't invite a vampire into your house.
1: Very good.
0: Stab it in the heart with a fucking wooden stake.
1: Yes.
0: Anything else?
1: And you said one before, push it out into the sunlight.
0: Oh, yes, the sunlight, of course,
1: (laughs) Burn the skin right off it.
0: Unless you are Edward Cullen and all it does is just make your skin shimmer.
1: Yeah, it just makes you sparkle.
0: Like a diamond.
1: It does, it does. That's why you have to live in places in America where the sun doesn't shine very often.
0: Hashtag Alaska.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, as per usual, um, back in time, I always find a way to link it into some type of popular culture. Very good. So I'd like to talk about the most famous or most popular vampires of all time. Very good. Uh, there was a few old ones that I dug up, but I was like, eh, boring. So <clears throat> I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start with one that everybody should know. Count Von Count.
0: Oh. Do you know AKA Count Dracula.
1: From 1972. First presented to the world in Sesame Street.
0: Oh. Ah, 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 two, two stupid bitches.
1: He's the friendly, number-loving vampire on the popular kids' show Sesame Street. And
0: what's his actual name? Count, Count
1: Von... Von Count.
0: Yeah, because they always just called him the Count, didn't yeah. they?
1: Yeah, and he came about from 1972. Uh, the guy who voiced him is dead now, though. Oh. Um, Maybe, um in 2012.
0: Stake in the Heart?
1: I believe so, yeah. It's about to happen, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, So I'm going to jump forward now. Well, actually, I was, I was going to bypass this one, but otherwise it's too big of a jump in time. So I'm going to talk about Kurt Barlow um, from 1979. He was also a famous vampire from Salem's Lot. Oh. Did you ever read or see the movie Salem's Lot by Stephen King about the town of vampires?
0: No. I... They're
1: actually about to remake it.
0: Oh, I think I may have seen that.
1: They were Re, gonna no, remake
0: the, it. Yeah, they the, were going to remake it. Oh I've yes. Seen the remake,
1: yes, though. yes, yes. There was also a man by the name of Jerry Dandridge from 1985. Um, he was portrayed by Chris Sarandon in Fright Night. And I'm only mentioning this one because I know you like all the old 80s um horror movies. So I thought maybe you'd seen Fright Night.
0: It's funny because I haven't seen the original Fright Night, but I've seen the remake that stars Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Ah,
1: was it any good?
0: I liked it. We saw it in the cinema in Auckland with um Finny and our friend Ashling, and um I enjoyed it. And as we walked out, they were like, "It's shit." I, was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I've watched it again since then. Uh, okay. So then I'm going to jump ahead to
1: 1987, David. Can you guess who the Vampire David? Uh, and what film is out of?
0: The Lost Boys.
1: Yes.
0: Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland the
1: Lost Boys.
0: Now that's a great fucking movie.
1: Great movie. Totally holds up. I actually watched it not that long ago. And I can't remember if I watched it with Link or if I watched it with Lola. Um, I think we but, mentioned
0: it in one of the um, po- previous podcasts maybe we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the audiences.
1: But if you recall, he was mistaken as the head of Vampire of the Lost Boys, Um, whilst he was certainly the most um, memorable antagonist in the film uh, and the most charming one with his bad boy punk style and be- bleached blonde hair. Yes. Um, he would also go on to inspire future portrayals of vampire. Oh. Um, D- David is also credited with being the first bad boy vampire villain, villain that audiences love to hate. Yes. So his to baby's just decided he wants to join the podcast and taken up half of my seat. Nice.
0: And Corey um, Haim and Corey Feldman were in that. And I, just, I always remember, Corey, the intro song as they're so driving into the town, people are strange when you're a stranger. And, and it's got um,
1: um, Jason Patrick is the bro- older brother, remember? and
0: Who's Jason Patrick? I oh, you'd know him if
1: you saw him. He, he was, was in. He was hot. Um, he went on to star in a bunch of other, like, but he's not really famous anymore, but he was at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. What's his name, Jason Patrick?
1: I think it's P-A-T-R-I-C too. Jason Patrick.
0: Oh yeah, I know him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think of it. Jesus. I can't think of anything recent that he's in, though, like anything modern.
0: That's a very, very familiar face.
1: Yeah, so he so, was the brother. Yes. Um, and then he was going out with the chicken. I can't recall her name, but she went on to star and other stuff too. But she was already yes. the vampire.
0: Well, she was sort of transfer. she was in the mm. process. Mm-hmm. So he was also that's in... right because
1: they brought her back, didn't they? Yes. When they killed the main one. Yeah.
0: He was also in my sister's keeper.
1: Ah, uh, as the dad.
0: I think so. He was yeah. also in speed two, cruise control.
1: Do you know? I was actually gonna say speed two, but then I thought, no, I can't because that's got Keanu Reeves in it. I thought yeah. I thought it was one in one of the speeds.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So let's jump forward to 1988. Mm. Uh Count
0: Duckular plus. Oh, you super bitch. That was the other I had written down too that I was going to say about it, and it was Friday night in Count Duckular. I still love Count Ducula. He was a vegetarian so, vampire.
1: Yeah, not all famous <laughs> vampires are tough stuff. No. Just like Count Von Count, other comedic vampires like Count Dacula deserve a mention on our famous list of vampires, too. Um, he was a spin off from Danger Mouse. I didn't know that. I used to love Danger uh, Mouse.
0: I did too. And Penfold. Core, Chief. Yeah, <laughs> the
1: silly vegetarian Count Duckular. Yes. And then there was, of course, Gary Oldman's Dracula from 1992. That really um, brought...
0: That was based on Bram Stoker's, wasn't
1: yes, it? Yes, yes. Um, Gianni was in that as well. With oh,
0: Of course, yes. Yes. I never um, really watched that from start to finish. I think it was one of the sort of... It's one
1: of those sort of artsy fartsy ones yeah. a little bit. It was I like think of mine Yeah, one small ones. But I've read I've read the actual original Brad Stoker's book. Yeah. Um, and I think I had to read it for a uni at, at like some assignment that I was doing at some time, like when I was doing some uni subjects or something. But I also read it in high school too. And I and I actually enjoyed it both times, but it's one of those slow
0: mm.
1: reads. It's a piece of you know proper literature. Yes. And who could forget the interview with the vampire vampires? Oh,
0: Vampire Lestat.
1: And who else? Can you name the others? Louis. And who else?
0: Uh, I don't know this because I read the book, um, quite a few of those books actually. Armand. Armand.
1: Yeah, but who was the little girl? Claudia. Mm. Yeah. Well done. Thanks. Go to the top of your vampire class. <laughs>
0: Thank Please. you. That was actually a great series of books. Did you read any of them?
1: I did. And I also ra- read the spin off that started with The Witching Hour about the witches. Yes. And I would love to reread that one from the beginning because that was really good about how she found out she was a descendant of um, witches and all she had all these powers, but she didn't know. And it started happening
0: to her and she started freaking out like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. But she was she was old. Like, she, I mean, not old, but she was like in her late 20s, early 30s. She was like a teenager. Oh my God, I'm right. a vampire. Oh, no, it's a vampire. She so wasn't Sabrina. From me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sabrina. Um,
1: it was more of an adult version. But, yeah, I did read that interview with the vampire books.
0: Um, they, they ended up being so many of them, though. So I, like, followed the story of Lestat for a bit up to... Um, the body Me peak, too. I think. Um,
1: and it chopped and changed too much. Like it went backwards. It went forwards. Yeah. It went back in time. It went forward in time. And it was just a little bit hard to keep your head around, I think, because I lost interest after a while too. Yeah.
0: Do you know um, they've um they've redone a TV series of Interview with the Vampire like last year?
1: Mm, I did think I heard that. And, you know, Tyler actually has never seen it. And oh, it's, well. I'm, I'm going to force him to watch it. Um, I actually think he really like it, but it's got Tom Cruise in it. Ugh.
0: Yeah, no, but he was kind of good in that. And it's funny. So I remember when that first came out, I was dating Kylie, who is obsessed with Tom Cruise, and even more so back then. And they had an Oprah special where um the crew, the... Crowd, the audience got to watch the film and Tom Cruise was there and asking questions. And someone said to him, and it was a gay guy. He said, it's like a gay love story between Louis and Lestat and having their child and everyone laughed. And at the time I was like, I didn't get that. You watch it now. And even when you read the books and it's like, that's a hundred percent. what It seems like.
1: Yeah, it was a love story because he was in love with him, wasn't he? Um, with Louis. Lestat yeah. was in love with Louis. And that's yeah. why he sabotaged everything because he didn't want him to be happy because he couldn't have him.
0: Yes. And that's when he gave him a the, the child. That's
1: the he gave him Claudia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: her death scene was brutal, wasn't it? Oh,
1: yeah, with the mother. It was brutal, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, he gave her Claudia, but then he gave her a mother, remember? Or oh, she yes. took her own mother. She, she took, took her, own her own mother. Yeah. yeah. But she, they, went, they at that stage, they weren't allowed to turn them.
0: They weren't allowed to turn kids. Yeah, no, that they weren't. Like the they scene. weren't allowed
1: to turn anyone, and Claudia had turned the mother, so they killed them both. Remember with the sunlight.
0: And yes, but one of the um the rules of the vampire thing too was they weren't allowed to turn children. They weren't allowed to be children vampires, and they were in trouble for that. all the stat was, and Louis. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay, so we're going to jump ahead a little bit further again to 1997. Who do you think I'm going to talk about now? From 1997.
0: Okay, so this is pre-millennial vampire. Oh, it's not in the Queen of the Damned.
1: Mm-mm. No, it's
0: Aaliyah. Do you remember her no. who died in the plane plane crash? And oh
1: she's... yes, yes. Yeah,
0: but I have to say the movie The Queen of the Damned is fucking shite compared to the book.
1: The oh, book, it's, that's one book it. that I haven't read. Actually, I haven't read that. Very one.
0: good. Very good. It's the third in the series.
1: Well, um, the next one I'm going to talk about is Angel and Spike. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. The Buffy vampires. vampires. And where would the world be without Buffy the Vampire Slayer, really? Well, we'd all Um, be
0: fucking vampires.
1: It's iconic. Um, But Angel was a huge heartthrob of mine back in the 90s and the 2000s. I love them both equally. (laughs) Um, they were very, very different and they both had, you know, the pros and cons, but they reckon that Spike was, was based or inspired by David from the Lost Boys.
0: I can totally see that. Yeah. And he wasn't meant to.
1: rock, bleach, blonde.
0: Yeah. And he was meant a bad boy. He was meant to, um, die, wasn't he? But everyone loved him so much that they had to keep him on.
1: Massive fan favorite. Yeah. It was such a great storyline too, when they came back and then Buffy fell for him loved
0: uh, that I, I loved um his girlfriend that was crazy or dealing Oh drusilla drusilla, drusilla. Yeah. and then
1: the the blonde one darla was it darla? yes yeah the blonde one nuts. that was angels love as well yeah they were great characters and she went on to be in um dexter oh uh,
0: of course the blonde yeah, chick yeah
1: yeah, yeah. The wife yeah with the two kids yeah. Um, so then Blade, did you ever get into Blade? I I did I enjoyed Blade the first Semi, one, I think.
0: Yeah, I did. I think I watched the first one. I didn't don't really remember much after that, but um, I remember the giant blob vampire that they electrocuted, I think. At the end, he was like oh, a sort totally of
1: forgot about that. Yeah, he was it was like, hectic, wasn't it? He
0: did the mainframes or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: and he used to absorb stuff, didn't he? Yeah, people and stuff. That's how he got gross. his. Yeah. yeah, it was disgusting, yeah. Um, and then the Underworld Vampires, remember that? Yes. Celine, Kate yeah. Beckinsale. That's actually a really good series too. I've, I've made Link watch it with me, I think, when we first moved in here actually because um, I think he was watching something about vampires and I was like, I'll show you some vampire movies.
0: <laughs> and I'll come sell some. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you music.
1: <laughs> and then we're going to move on to, I think, some of your favourites. Um, Bill Compton. Does that ring any bells, Eric? Oh, Northman? true
0: blood, please. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Another amazing
1: great. series,
0: and in the books, more so than the TV series. Yeah. The first few seasons of the TV series were okay, then it just went sort of haywire. The books, oh, were see, so much-
1: I think they were all great. I think they were both excellent. The only thing was the fairy thing at the end of the books and the end of the, the season. The season, I thought, went a little bit too far. A little bit too off plot. Like, it was just a bit too strange.
0: Yeah. Because remember, she was part
1: fairy. I was okay with her being part fairy, but then going back and forth between the fairy fairy, universe. Yeah, the fairy
0: worlds and all that shit. Uh, Yeah,
1: it went a bit too crazy.
0: Do you know, um, Casey from Yellowstone was in True Blood. Was he? Yes, I think he was one of the fairies. And he quit the series because they were making his character um, develop into having a love, a romance with the with the guy, and he wasn't comfortable with it, so he quit.
1: Wow, I did not know that
0: Yellowstone Yellowstone is right up his alley.
1: And then I've got two more to go. How could we go on without talking about Edward Cullen from two thousand eight? But really, all the Cullens, and then Bella, and then they're mixed baby yes half half human
0: half, half vampire vampire half hybrid
1: that
0: um imprints, well, imprints the,
1: on um well, no, jacob
0: jacob imprints on the baby doesn't that's it?
1: right yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah um i'll always look after her and <laughs> it tries to eat its way out of bella yeah. <laughs>
1: I was obsessed with those books. I thought they were the best books ever, and I was probably in my late twenties when I read them, or mid twenties maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I remember. I remember buying the first one for my sister and just starting to read the first chapter, just because everyone was it was hyping. It was like the the, the the next ones hadn't come out, I don't think. And um, reading the first chapter and going, I actually don't want to give this to you, so I kept it and went and brought her another copy. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: bad. I read it when I was working in EOS. So just after London, so it would have been two thousand and nine. Yeah,
1: so I w- it would have been in the mid twenties for me, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I was reading it in two thousand and nine because everyone was going on about it, but I'd seen the, I'd seen the movie by that stage. I'm sure.
1: No, no, the movies came out much later.
0: Okay, let's have a look. Not
1: when you were in EOS. Twilight no way.
0: Movie. Twilight movie came out in two thousand and eight, and I was in EOS mm. in two thousand and nine. Because I'd seen Ah. the movie and I remember the bad vampires and all that. And I was looking forward to reading the book and seeing about the bad vampires, but they don't come into it until like the last third of the book. Mm. So the first two thirds, I'm just reading about this fucking love story and it was driving me insane.
1: (laughs) And then the second book is just about the wolves, like mostly. And it's like when she's driving and like kept trying to hurt herself so that he
0: come in and, and
1: save her and stuff. And she's on the motorbike. That was a dumb book. I skim read the second book.
0: And then they did after she did those three, she released Twilight again, but from Edward Cullen's perspective.
1: Yeah, I never read that one. Yeah. I wasn't interested by that point. I was I had outgrown the series. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was you were on to Fifty Shades. Yeah,
1: years. I believe I was, yes. Um, but I couldn't finish Fifty Shades either. I got to the um the last book and push my way through the last book, actually the one where she gets pregnant only because I felt like I had to finish the series, but the yeah. whole way I kept messaging my sister, this is pathetic. I oh, cannot yeah. believe I'm reading this.
0: I'm. That's funny. You say that because Vinny did the exact same. Vinny became obsessed. He was reading and I've, when he gets into something, he will get into it. So when he yeah, was reading Fifty Shades of Grey, he read the first two books within about two weeks, let's say. And then he started the third one. And I think he finished about halfway through too. It was like yeah, eh. I yeah. read the first book and I think I got about halfway and I was done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You've seen one, you've you've read about one SMN, uh, S&M scene. You're like, eh? Yeah. It's all the same, <laughs> the really, isn't good.
0: it? I did enjoy the movie, I have to say. Yeah. I only watched the first one of that.
1: Too. Me too. I haven't seen. Oh, no, I watched the first and the second, but not the third. I couldn't stomach the third. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, and I think you're really going to applaud this one, The Countess from 2015. Yes. Now, who's the Countess?
0: Horror Story. Lady Gaga. Yes. Yes, Hotel.
1: From the Hotel, which I still haven't seen because I'm too scared because I could barely get through Freak Show. I loved um, Freak Show. Because it was so horrific.
0: Do you know um, Jamie Dutton's in
1: Hotel? I know, Hotel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did know that. He's in a couple, isn't
0: he? He's also in Freak Show. He comes as Edward Drake in um, Freak Show. The guy Yeah, that, I thought
1: he was in a Freak Show.
0: If you perform f- a Freak Show on Halloween, then it, I think it's Edward Drake turns up and kills you, basically.
1: And what's the one that's the little mummy's boy that lives in the house?
0: Yeah, that's Freak Show. That's yeah, but um, that's not him. That's another no, that's. Actor. That's Finn Wittrock. That's right. It is true. It is too. Dandy. That's
1: right. Yeah. He was very
0: good in that.
1: So did I miss any?
0: Look, you've pulled ones out of my fucking brain that i completely forgotten about. So I think you've done a pretty good job.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I had to go through the most famous vampires, right? I couldn't just leave it at just vampire history.
0: Who's your favourite out of all of those?
1: Oh, I'd probably say it's a toss-up between the Buffys and the True Bloods.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, good call. But, good call. But
1: really, if you were to sit there and catalogue all the vampires in True Blood, I think you would have lots of favourites as well. Like yes. at various times throughout it, there was heaps yeah. of really cool vampires. Eric Northman
0: was definitely. Oh, like...
1: he's just dreaming.
0: Yeah, it's funny because obviously I'm doing the Origins of Werewolves, so a few of my things cross over. Into what you were saying as into well. Into true
1: blood stuff?
0: Yes. And other. <laughs> what the fuck that?
1: Sorry, I was looking for my tissue. I told you, I have terrible hay fever.
0: <laughs> and I just saw the screen go down <laughs> and up. It
1: was I was like, like a, I know, I know I've got one here somewhere. It
0: was a booby shot. <laughs>
1: Oh, did you see? It? No, well, I've got my button up on stage because I was. Button, this right. is my work chop, so I had to be work appropriate because if I undo the chop button, you can actually see my tits.
0: So, those who are listening, you best watch the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also got a bit pop culture in mind, too.
1: Oh nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's the vampires for you. It's your turn. Go with the. Oh, yeah, that's better
0: was <laughs> that
1: better
0: yeah it was you got to set your dog off though
1: <laughs> i know i oh, will the cat's looking at me like with disgust
0: don't you dare Tim. play Tommy. that
1: going are you fucking
0: serious <laughs> so the werewolf is a staple of supernatural pop culture plots, appearing in movies tv and literature And look, you'd be forgiven for thinking these beasts were a medieval creation to do with magic and witchcraft, but you'd be wrong.
1: Would I? Because that's what I was thinking.
0: No, you are wrong. In in reality, the werewolf is far older than that. The earliest surviving example of man to wolf transformation is found in, now you know how you had problems pronouncing your wine? I've got some old timey shit here that's going to really fuck me up and I've already been drinking while you've been talking.
1: Well, I I've had half a
0: bottle.
1: Almost. Good.
0: Of the uh, Gweshtraminer. The earliest surviving example of Manta-Wolf transformation is found in the Epic of Gilgamesh from around 2001. 2100- Gilgamesh?
1: It reminds me of um. Gargamel. <laughs> yes.
0: From around 2100 BC. Before Christ. However... The werewolf, we now know, it first appeared in ancient Greece and Rome. In ethnographic, which I had to Google, which basically means ethnic mapping, so including customs and habits and shit like that. Sure. Poetic and philosophical texts. These stories of the transformed beast are usually mythological Although some have a basis in local histories, religions, and cults, that was a hard one to swallow, wasn't it? Try get it. You choked over that word.
1: In 425
0: BC, Greek historian Herodotus described the Nuri, a nomadic tribe of magical men who changed into wolf shape for several Mm -hmm. days of the year. The Nuri were from Scythia land that is now part of russia and they using wolf skins for warmth is not outside the realm of possibility for inhabitants in such a harsh climate this is the likely reason herodotus Mm. described their practice as uh quote transformation
1: from a rational place doesn't it, does. it people just take it next level
0: well when you don't know the shit back then too like you know when a rainbow comes out of a prism when the light hits it and shit they would be like oh my god it's a witch <laughs> <laughs> a rainbow you know like you know the pink floyd album you know cover when it goes through a prism and then the colors split and come out no yeah oh prism i yeah.
1: thought you meant a prison like a like <laughs> jail i was like what the fuck are you on about mate
0: it's a gay present.
1: Have another <laughs> glass of wine.
0: The werewolf myth became integrated with the local history of Arcadia, a region of Greece. Here, Zeus was worshipped as Lycian Zeus, hashtag wolf Zeus.
1: I what a Lycian is because that's an underworld.
0: Mm. In 380 BC, Greek philosopher Plato told a story in the Republic about the protector turned tyrant of the shrine of Lycian Zeus. In this short passage, the character Socrates remarks, the story goes that he who tastes of the one bit of human entrails minced up with those of other victims is an inv- inevitably transformed into a wolf.
1: If only, it was
0: that, if only it was that easy.
1: You'd have to eat the guts of somebody.
0: Yeah, literally, uh, All right. literally oh my God, literary evidence suggests cult members Mixed human flesh into their ritual sacrifice to Zeus. Both the Pliny the Elder and Pausanias discuss the participation of a young athlete, Demarcus, in the Arcadian sacrifice of an adolescent boy. When Demarcus was compelled to taste the entrails of the young boy, like compelled, he's like, mm, "I must eat that." He was transformed into a wolf. It's probably for nine really years. fucking
1: hungry. It was a long time ago. Sometimes <laughs> they didn't have a lot to eat.
0: True. And entrails of young boys do look quite appetizing. That is wrong. And I might have to just <laughs> cut
1: that out. <laughs> Don't you dare.
0: <laughs> Recent archaeological evidence suggests that human sacrifice may have been practiced at that site. The most interesting aspect of Plato's passage concerns the protector turned tyrant, also known as the myth- mythical king. Lacon expanded further in Latin texts, most notably Hingernus's fabulae and Ovid's Metamorphoses.
1: Like tongue twisters in that,
0: isn't it. It. story contains <clears throat> all, cut and
1: paste, please <laughs> cut no, and paste.
0: that's heavily researched. My own studies. Please don't charge me. Lycan's story contains all the elements of a modern werewolf tale: immoral behaviour, murder, and cannibalism. Ovid's passage is one of the only ancient sources that goes into details of the act of transformation. Did you say Odin or Ovid? Ovid. Ovid. I was going
1: to say Odin.
0: (laughs) It's a description of that's
1: um, Thor's dad.
0: Odin's warriors. (laughs) What's Odin's warriors? That's a bike club in fucking Capella Bar.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I, don't know yeah, that
0: Matt, I think Matt used to fucking sing in the band there. Sure. His, his description of the metamorphosis used haunting language that creates a correlation between Lycan's behaviour and the physical manipulation of his body. And I quote, <laughs> he tried to speak, but his voice broke into an echoing howl. His ravening, oh, woo! <laughs> his ravening soul infected his jaws. His murderous longings were turned onto the cattle. Told you they like cattle. He still was possessed by... No, they like
1: humans better, duh.
0: His garments were changed to a shaggy coat and his arms into legs. He was now transformed into a wolf. So Ovid's Lycaean is the origin of today's werewolf, where the modern werewolf comes from. So it's quite a bit of history in these old fucking hounds. As the physical manipulation of his body hinges on his primal, prior immoral behaviour, it is that, it is this, that has contributed to the establishment of monstrous werewolf trope of modern fiction onto his body. Oh, no, I'm going to skip that bit. I just had to undo my
1: jeans. <laughs>
0: is that what you were doing? I thought you were uh, grimacing a, at my, my I'm story. a bit full
1: from dinner and they're the... The suck-in ones, you know, the ones yeah.
0: that are supposed to make you look like you got no bumps. <laughs> and you're like, I got bubs,
1: bitch. I got bubs. The bumps are gonna be free.
0: <laughs> okay, so modern fiction. However, werewolf stories show the idea has ancient origins. For as long as authors have been changing bad men into wolves, we've been looking for the biological link between man and action. Don't know what that means. <laughs> <action>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love when we read through, back through some of our notes sometimes uh, I don't know what that means uh these are our words
0: between man and wolf yes man and you action steal uh.
1: them.
0: yeah I totally know. this is yeah it's probably one of the words I changed and it just made zero sense but now it's my own work <laughs> so as you did Sky Lee Collett and this was through no prior consultation dear listeners uh-uh, i, I also... literally did my notes this afternoon at
1: about five forty-five, <laughs> and i
0: had mine done on wednesday Gosh, werewolves yeah. in pop culture and race and okay so a little disclaimer i did research this from an article on media factory just in case there are any plagiarism charges for our huge listener base <laughs> Drawing from folklore of both ancient and medieval history, werewolves played a significant part part in stories, books, and more recently, film and TV.
1: You said significant.
0: I did. But similarly to vampires, (laughs) the werewolf has earned an enduring role in fiction and pop culture, where they have become a staple in mainly fantasy fiction and monster films. Mm. Vampires and werewolves often have significant overlap in the media,
1: Often holding Mm.
0: similar characteristics and involved in similar stories, i.e. Twilight.
1: They're also usually at war with one another.
0: Well, I'll get to that too. So i.e. Twilight, Blade, True Blood. Underworld. Underworld's all about
1: the war between the lichens and the vampires. And
0: the vampires. It could be said that no supernatural (laughs) creatures have adapted themselves to film and television so skillfully Alternately terrifying us and romancing us, please. Ooh la la! Who doesn't love a bad boy, really? And what would get your heart pumping more, a vampire or a werewolf? I ask you this.
1: It's hard to say. Look, it's hard to say. I'm thinking in terms of um, True Blood. They're both pretty spicy from both yeah.
0: sides. Um, yeah.
1: In terms of Twilight. Twilight, I was definitely on the vampire side more than the werewolves in the beginning. But now that I look back, I think they're both pretty dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so if you had to just and have a little world. one night stand in Twilight, would you go Edward Cullen or would you go one of the werewolves? Because there were some, like Edward Cullen, I didn't find that attractive, but there were some of his brothers that I was like, Woof. the one that yeah. hunts bears.
1: I like pretty boy looking in the end, I think um there was some more of the werewolves that I thought were a bit hotter. I certainly like the werewolf dad. He was old, but you know, I like an a bit old more dude. graph. Mm. Not to
0: you. <laughs> That's surprising.
1: <laughs> uh, most people say, especially my husband, is that I have no rhyme or reason to the people that I'm attracted to. Because like when we watch movies, he's like, you like that guy.
0: You think he's hot, and I'm like, uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember when Vinny and I were first together, and we were down the Gold Coast. He was about to fly out back to Ireland for our long distance thing, and um, he he's commented on this guy that was hot, and it was for the first time in my life. Actually, it was like, you think he's hot? He's ugly, and if you think he's hot, that means you think I'm hot, and that means I'm ugly. <laughs>
1: You are such
0: a bitch. And then we fought and then he left on a plane. No, that's not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) He left on a plane and we cried. So, over time in media, werewolves have evolved from only representing monster films and horror roles to expand into a number of genres and represent a wide range of social topics, a trend that could be linked with the social and cultural changes in society. Please.
1: Oh wow, that's deep.
0: Thank you. I copied that one. Like, <laughs> like vampires, werewolves were initially a shocking monster of disease and death-spreading evil, but have since devolved since evolved into many character types, such as the hero, the anti-hero, the superhero, and romantic lead. This evolution is especially evident in their role in the Twilight saga, where the werewolves become fleshed out characters rather than merely a monster horror form. In
1: True Blood, all the werewolves are hot as shit.
0: AF. The earlier films and television shows feature werewolves almost entirely monster horror films.
1: Mm.
0: They, they were almost entirely monster horror Remember,
1: films. Remember um, American Werewolf in London?
0: Yes, I talk about that too. <laughs> Often featuring love that attacks, murder and danger. They often represented a raw primal nature which lacks the subtleties available to the fictional vampire. A difference between vampires and werewolves in early works was regret and guilt, whereby the werewolf often felt terrible remorse only knowing what they'd done after the fact of their transformation and through evidence of blood and ripped clothing and shit like that, whereas vampires were like, oh, I want suck blood. <laughs> <laughs> a bond, a soft,
1: a oh God, I can't it. believe I didn't use that in my bit. A bond, a soft, <laughs>
0: bond. You're, you're bond. This trend of difference between vampires and werewolves is echoed in many pieces of fiction, such as the underworld movies, Van Helsing, and even oh, Twilight. Van
1: I can't believe I forgot about that one in my bit I love Van Helsing.
0: And even the Twilight saga, where vampires and werewolves are enemies and often depicted in gruesome and rewarding action scenes. In 1941, in the 1941 film The Wolfman, it is considered to be the Dracula of werewolf films and is said to have put werewolves on the map. I haven't seen it, but it has established the connection of werewolves and wolf's bane and re- reinforced the idea that silver bullets can destroy the monsters. Mm. Werewolves remained in raw monster form mode throughout much of the 20th, the middle 20th century, often exploring lycanthropy. And the curse of being a werewolf.
1: I think
0: it's lycanthropy. lycanthropy. However, it can be argued that the depiction of werewolves in this gruesome fashion stems from being one of the highest forms of undead. They appear human most of the month, only to lose control and eat humans during a full moon.
1: Oz and Buffy, remember Oz and Buffy? I
0: do. Chain me up, bitch. The popularity of werewolves could be due to their bestial nature and ability to frighten. Research shows that contemporary werewolf films have fallen into two camps, either featuring in a monster rampage film or featuring intelligent, supernaturally endowed man-wolf creatures. This is similarly found in vampire and zombie films where these characters and films have evolved beyond their initial role as monsters. In many instances, they have become a backdrop for different genres, such as romance, action and comedy. Werewolves and their depiction can describe a personal metamorphosis, and that the desirability of werewolves is a repeated element in young adult literature. This desirability, which has been seen in contemporary vampire media, illustrates how werewolves have evolved from a primal and dangerous villain into a sexualized character that people can <laughs> admire and be inspired True in True blood. Yes. Recent, and you know, shows like Teen Wolf the tv show
1: oh teen wolf i love teen wolf i haven't seen the tv show though no me neither Um, it's a bit too teeny bopper for me
0: yeah um it is also suggested that this innovative shift in their portrayal is one example of pop culture's rehabilitation of the werewolf and proposes that becoming a werewolf is not necessarily a tragedy but a makeover a modern shift in fantasy where one where what was once frightening and horrible can now be powerful and sexualized and appealing to an audience. It is not only a change in culture and perception of the iconic character that has played a role in the evolution of the werewolf, it can be argued that the available film and technological technology, it can be argued that the available film technology was instrumental in how werewolves were portrayed. So when you think about, like, up until the 80s, a werewolf's transformation was this... Clumsy sort of affair when they were trying to screen it on TV, In crying, yeah, cutaway shots and elaborate costumes and bouncing
1: that... a basketball really high and like swinging up the rafters. Ah, <laughs>
0: but like the transformation part where they're turning into a wolf is the hair. Yeah,
1: yeah that's like <laughs> cut J. to Fox. a face
0: and then cut away to something and then back.
1: It was Michael J Fox first, wasn't it? it? Then it was Jason Bateman.
0: That's exactly right. Mm. So a development of technology allows a slick transformation now to take place in front of the audience. So it's not as fucking horrendous where you're seeing like this, what the fuck is that? And this continues in modern cinema, allowing for graphic depictions of attacks and transformations, as well as humanising the character and making (laughs) them aesthetically pleasing.
1: It's been a really long time since I've had a good werewolf slash vampire film like you yeah. know everything that you watch these days is just fucking shit that comes out of the cinema or it's a remake or it's a marvel movie or a fucking they, star wars movie but like bring back vampires and werewolves I they say. do that
0: don't they like it's sort of like the fad is vampires and then everything is all vampires for ages then it's werewolves and mm. It'll come around again. So, <laughs> so I can't world, wait. <laughs> werewolves in media have under, undergone many changes since their inception. There is always a relevant monster horror side to the character to provide an action and fantasy field feel, but there has been a definite growth and evolution in their portrayal in other genres. Werewolves are perfectly capable, like vampires and zombies, to provide a suitable character for a range of genres in popular culture. So they're no longer just the monster or the villain of the film. They can be, you know, someone that falls in love and has a romantic arc or someone that we all want or...
1: Like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast.
0: Like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Mm. So some of my fave werewolf movies and games, I would like you to start actually. You mentioned one earlier, which was an old-timey one that was one of your favourites.
1: Oh, the Teen
0: Wolf. No, um, the other one where it's a, a traveling wolf.
1: Oh, American Werewolf in <laughs> in London. London yeah, yes. I do love that one. But so, not the very, the not the really old one, the one with um oh came out in the early 2000s, I reckon.
0: Yes, I did do a remake of that. That's right. the one
1: I like, and it's got that um it's got Julie Delphi in it, the blonde one who was in before, before
0: sunrise. That, oh, there's an American Werewolf in Paris, which was a 1997 one.
1: American Werewolf in London as well?
0: And London. Might be
1: Paris, actually.
0: Well, there's that one, but that was the 1997 one. But I thought there was definitely a remake of it.
1: Who's the actor? Who's the actor who plays the Werewolf in American Werewolf in Paris?
0: Hang on. So Tom Everett Scott. Oh, Andy, that's
1: it. Is that Paris, is it?
0: Yeah, Andy McDermott. Yeah, that's the one I'm
1: thinking of. Oh, I'm sure. But was there not remake. two American? Yeah, here, an American Werewolf in London. Oh no, that is um,
0: 1981. Yeah, so I remember that when I was a child, um, and it had some of the Crass technology with the transformation, but it was still enough to scare the absolute shit out of me as a child in the eighties. I don't know
1: that I've actually seen. It. I've
0: seen the Paris one. It must be the Paris one. Uh, so this, and it's meant to be a comedy. Mm. But it scared, it terrified me. Um, So you haven't seen it, but there's scenes in there where when he gets attacked, I think it's kind of like thriller-ish, like the movie, the music video thriller. He's wearing the vest, he's walking, his friend gets fucking destroyed. He Mm. gets scratched. Um, And then there's another scene where I think he's in a dream and he goes into the woods and finds this person in a a hospital bed. It fucking terrified the shit out of me. Um, The Teen Wolf movies. Mm, As you said, with... Which is
1: now a remake um, TV show, which is a huge hit. Like, everyone talks about how amazing it is.
0: Tyler Posey and all of those. But, yeah, they're they're, they're completely different to the movies, which were comedies. Mm. This is sort of more of a true blood sort of feel for the Teen Wolf TV show. Do you remember the movies? Did you enjoy them?
1: the Team Wolf ones, I yeah. oh, loved them. Thought yeah. they were great. They don't really hold up in terms of the special effects, though. So of course. trying to introduce them to the younger generation, I think I tried would to make Luke watch one one time, and he was like, "Mom."
0: I know, but a lot on. of those movies too. I think like our parents would have watched it back in the day and gone, ah, this is shit." But we were kids. We we're like, "This is the best shit ever." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i remember i loved the first movie and i would have watched the sequel a couple of times as you do as a kid you know like you can watch Mm. the same shit over and over it was a fun movie and do you remember like when michael is first transforming into in the original one and he's freaking out in the bathroom he's like hang on dad he's got like teeth and shit like that and his um, dad's trying to knock on the door and he's like hang on a second and then his dad Mm. finally gets in and um because he's freaking out about his dad seeing it, but when he goes in, his dad's just this old wolf with glasses. Yes,
1: yes, I do remember that, because he he's knows that, what's happening to him. Because he's yeah. transformed
0: as yeah. well in the full yeah. moon. Okay.
1: <laughs> and it's very cute, isn't it? It's a very yeah. cute scene, yeah. He's
0: like grey-haired and shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, as you've mentioned, Twilight, of course, the wolves in that and in True Blood are uh, some serious beef.
1: Yes,
0: like Gorr, or in the yes. books of True Blood. Do you remember the, the were-tiger, queen who transformed into a tiger? He was like this sort of guy that he, him and Sookie Stackhouse had a had a few affairs, but though he was oh. never in the TV show. But he oh, sounded right.
1: Okay, he sounded
0: quite like when you'd read in boy, oh boy. Talk about literature really getting you hot and heavy for a shapeshifter.
1: I'll tell you what, though, Charlene Harris can write a sex scene like nobody's yeah. business. Yeah. She knows how to write them because I've read all her books pretty much, like all her different series as well.
0: Yeah. She no, gets I've just on the truth. Yeah, she knows how to pump the blood.
1: Yes.
0: So there's also a game called Werewolf and it's like it's a board game or it's like a, um, a party game and it's also an online, online game and it also goes by the name Mafia. So it's the same game, just, just different groups of people, I guess. And it started as a game where basically all you need were people to play. You don't need didn't need a board or anything like that. It evolved into an online game, which I've played in a couple of about 15 years ago when online communities were really big and the same community that I used to play online survivor games on. <laughs> like like the
1: Facebook where the
0: werewolf used to bite you, remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, where you'd have to attack. You'd been and you'd bitten by a werewolf. Eyes. And you'd have vampires and then vampire hunters and everything. I
1: remember? Facebook was just games yes. you used to just play all your games on Facebook. And, you just and you'd just scroll down...
0: through your wall and you'd have all these fucking zombies, vampires.
1: And the more you shared stuff with people on Facebook, the more extra shit you used to get. And I remember one time someone was like, do I need to start an intervention, Sky, because you've shared this with me on my wall like a thousand times. It came, like, up, I in, stop
0: it. It came up in my memories the other day, actually. It said you, saying, I have 45 game requests from you, please. <laughs> had <laughs> Luisa said telling me, I'm going to Farmville you ar- right up the arse if you don't stop sending me cabbage. <laughs> 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 but did you ever see the TV show Traitors that came out last year? The
1: Traitors?
0: traitors? Yeah, Traitors. No. It was, like, it, was it was very big. It's massive. It's taken over the world by Storm and like as a TV game show.
1: Oh, okay. Very
0: similar to that. So there's in the werewolf one, there's a group of villagers and a group of werewolves. There's day and night rounds, and during the night, the werewolves get to kill a villager. So they discuss who they want to kill, and they will kill one of the villagers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at daytime, everyone gets to discuss who they think a werewolf is and lynch them. So then, like, you know, someone's dead, you wake up the next day, it's like you don't wake up, you just open your eyes or come back in the room and you discuss who you think one of the werewolves is and then whoever everyone agrees and majority rules, you get to lynch that person and then you find out afterwards if they were just a normal villager or a werewolf. So you've got to try and yeah figure out who the werewolves are. And it goes on until only villagers or werewolves are alive and that group then wins. Oh, It's quite fun, Yeah.
1: well thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed our look into those supernatural nasties slash goodies slash heartthrobs slash snatchers
0: oh tune in next week for what's the haps the episode where we look at the current goings-on that piqued our interest please and don't forget to share like subscribe repeat we're here for the stupid bitches everywhere and remember if you're winning if you're whining. And remember, if you're whining, you're winning. <laughs> Good night. Mar.
1: Good night. Don't. You... All you? right, I need a different bottle of wine. This wasn't too bad, but I'm going to have a different
0: Yeah. That stupid bitch. Mhm. He's a stupid bitch. What a stupid bitch. That stupid bitch.